The following program is a recording of a live broadcast transmitted 7 a.m. Beijing time. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Bigham with you on this Tuesday, July sixteenth, two thousand nineteen. You're listening to the Beijing Hour live from the Chinese capital. On the program this morning, our news focus: China's GDP figures. Official figures show that the economy was stable and progressing through the first half of this year. Other news: the Chinese government says it'll not do business with U.S. companies involved in arms sales to Taiwan. A top EU official says Iran's breaches of the 2015 nuclear deal are not significant. In business, Shanghai's steady growth in overseas investment. In sports, a golden sweep for China at the 18th FINA World Championships. Entertainment, the film Panorama and Jury for the fifth Jackie Chan International Action Film Week. First of all, a check of the day's headline news. President Xi Jinping had an inspection tour in Inner Mongolia. In the city of Chifeng, the General Secretary of the Communist Party of China's Central Committee learned about the grassroots party-building work, as well as the development of national integration and unity. He also visited the Chifeng Museum, where he was briefed on the evolution of local history and culture. The Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank has announced that its annual meeting next year will be held in Beijing. Officials also suggest the 2020 meeting marks the transition from the startup phase of the, to the AIIB's future growth and expansion. The China-initiated institution began operation in 2016, mainly focusing on infrastructure development in Asia and beyond. It now has 100 members and 8.5 billion U.S. dollars in investments in 45 projects across 18. Countries. Chinese authorities are urging training institutions to better supervise and regulate teacher employment. This comes after the detention of seven foreign teachers in a drug abuse case in Jiangsu. The education ministry is requiring training institutions to make sure that foreign teachers they recruit comply with national regulations. It also suggests that the career backgrounds of foreign teachers be published online. Chinese authorities have confirmed that police in Shandong have detained a Canadian citizen in relation with a drugs case involving foreign students. Without giving further details, the Chinese Foreign Ministry says the case is being processed and had nothing to do with the other drugs case involving foreigners in Jiangsu. A report from the United Nations suggests that more than 800 million people around the world suffered hunger last year. It shows while the ratio remained largely unchanged in the past three years, at slightly below 11 percent, the absolute number of undernourished people has been on the rise since 2015. The document also shows that an estimated two billion people have experienced moderate or severe levels of food insecurity, amounting to 26 percent of the world population. News focus of the day. Official figures show that China's national economy is stable and progressing through the first half of the year, while the country's GDP increased 6.3 percent year on year. CRI's Wang Longyan has more. The National Bureau of Statistics released the GDP data at a press conference in Beijing on Monday. Overall, the growth was in line with the government's annual target of 6 to 6.5 percent set for 2019. GDP increased 6.4 percent in the first quarter and 6.2 percent in the second quarter year-on-year. NBS spokesman Mao Shengyong introduced the economic performance data. 国内生产总值
The gross domestic product reached some 45.09 trillion yuan in the first half of 2019, a 6.3% year-on-year increase at comparable prices. In terms of quarterly growth, the year-on-year GDP growth in the first quarter was 6.4% and 6.2% in the second quarter. The national economy performed within a reasonable range and sustained the momentum of progress in overall stability. A breakdown of the data showed the output of the service sector, which accounted for 54.9% of the total GDP, rose 7% in the first half. That outpaced a 3% increase in the primary industry and a 5.8% rise in the secondary industry. Mao further explained. The service sector grew relatively fast, with modern service industries performing well. In the first six months, the business activities expectation index for services was 60.3%, staying at a relatively high level. Consumption continued to play a major role in driving economic growth, with final consumption contributing to 60.1% of economic expansion in the January to June period. Retail sales rose 8.4% in the first half of this year, accelerating from 8.3% in the first quarter. Fixed asset investment climbed to 5.8% during the period, up from 5.6% for January to May. In addition, Mao said that industrial production was generally stable, with high-tech manufacturing accounting for a larger share. The investment in the high-tech manufacturing industry increased by 10.4%, 4.6 percentage points faster than the overall investment. And the investment in high-tech services went up by 13.5%, 7.7 percentage points faster than the overall investment. The official also said China's fundamentals for a steady economic growth remain unchanged, and the government has ample room for policy maneuvers despite a complex external environment and emerging downward pressure in the second half. For CRI, this is Wang Longyin. And for more on China's economic performance in the first half of the year, CRI's Zhao Yang spoke to Einar Tanshin, author and columnist. So, Aina, first of all, China's GDP expanded 6.3% in the first half of this year. How would you read the uh, first half uh, um, number, especially under the backdrop of the China-U.S. trade frictions? Actually, it's pretty good. I mean, you you have a Western media saying, you know, oh, lowest in 27 years. But, you know, we, we all understand that the economics, there's a regression towards a mean. That means that you cannot keep up a double-digit growth uh, forever, because what happens is the size of whatever you're growing becomes so large that you think. Now, you know, to put it in perspective, basically, China added an economy the size of Australia uh, last year. So, you know, it's not a small number. It's not that the overall number, it's just that, you know, China's economy has gone, gotten so big that the increases will continue to slow just because of the sheer size. Now, in terms of the uh, the trade war, obviously, this is affecting it. Uh, it would have been higher, and quite frankly, it would have been higher in the U.S. So what you have here, is, uh, what we're facing today is China seems to have turned the corner on uh, stabilizing its economy 
There are some very good signs here in terms of consumption, uh, also manufacturing. Uh, so these things are, are very important. FDI is increased coming into China. 2018 was a banner year. It was China's best year for FDI. And so far in 2019, it's already up 6%. So when you start looking at these numbers, China has a reason to be optimistic. I don't think that would be the same with the U.S., which is facing some real headwinds. Although they, the first quarter was revised down from 3.2 to 3.1% GDP growth. But the, the, the reality was that the second quarter, uh, they're expecting somewhere around 2%. If that is the case, that is going to mean that the U.S. is not having the intended effect, that in fact, they're suffering more than China. And, you know, and there's a number of, of indices there that says um, consumer demand is going down. Manufacturing is going down. Investment uh, was a little bit stronger, but it, there's a real question if there's no demand, where is that going to go? And I know the figure shows that uh, the retail sales of consumer goods rose uh, 8.4% in the first half, and uh, while well, the GDP managed a growth rate of 6.3%, consumption contributed over 60% of the to-, to the total growth. So what does it mean? And for the three pillars of China's economy, will consumption play a more important role in than other two, namely foreign trade and investment? Well, you have to look at this in terms of situation. I mean, obviously, China has been pushing the consumption-led uh, uh, economy. It's been very important, and it's been successful. But you can't ignore trade. The trade is down for external factors. It's because of this uh, war, uh, trade war. And you can see this reflected internationally, where trade across the board is down, both import and exports for almost all uh, countries. So this, this is a real sign that what Donald Trump has unleashed has not just been against China. It's been against everybody, everybody, literally. I mean, uh, Europe, uh, even Australia, Japan, South Korea, the neighbors, uh, South America. He has not really spared anybody except perhaps Israel and, uh, and Saudi Arabia. But, you know, you start uh, looking at how this is uh, affecting the world. And unfortunately, the, the only conclusion you can come to is that what Donald Trump has put in to uh, act into motion is hurting the entire world. China has better tools than most economies to deal with this. So uh, although China might be fine, it's going to be very, very difficult for the rest of the world. That's author and columnist Anur Tanjian speaking with CRI's Zhao Yang. Want to know what's trending in China? China Plus News Facebook page helps you to discover the real China. From the latest news to quirky Chinese inventions, videos, photos, live streaming, and more. Join in the conversation today by searching for China Plus News on Facebook and discover its news, its people, its traditions, and culture. China Plus News Facebook page. Open your eyes to the real China. It's 11 minutes past the hour. The Chinese government and companies will not cooperate or do business with U.S. companies involved in arms sales to Taiwan. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Gang Shuangs made the statement days after announcing China's sanctions on those enterprises following the U.S. plan of selling weapons worth $2.2 billion to Taiwan. The arms sales to Taiwan by the United States seriously violates the international law and the basic norms governing international relations. 
It also seriously violates the One China principle and the Three China U.S. joint communiques and undermines China's sovereignty and national security. To safeguard its national interests, China will impose sanctions on U.S. enterprises involved in the arms sales to Taiwan. The Chinese government and companies will not have cooperation or business dealings with these U.S. enterprises. Gang Shuang says reliance on foreign forces to seek so-called Taiwan independence will not work. As a foreign minister, I can tell you, one Chinese rule is the common sense. As a foreign ministry spokesman, I want to tell you that the One China principle is a consensus of the international community. We have already seen through Taiwan authorities' true intentions, despite their attempt to wear the mask of democracy to lead public opinion astray and gain sympathy by cheating, and to look for pretexts for Taiwan independence. What's more, I want to add that attempting to rely on foreigners for self-esteem and thus leave oneself at others' mercy is beneath one's dignity and is also doomed to be a dead end. The statement comes following Taiwan leader Tsai Ing-wen's latest comment on "one country, two systems" when giving a speech at Columbia University in the United States. The first China-Africa Peace and Security Forum, held by the Chinese Ministry of National Defense, is opened in Beijing. Representatives of the Chinese military, as well as nearly 100 representatives from 50 African countries and the African Union, are attending that six-day event. The forum is expected to offer a platform for participants to share ideas on cooperation, security, and peace. Defense ministers and chiefs from the African side have expressed their support for the new initiative. General David. Uh, Mahuzi is the chief of defense forces of Uganda. I believe more in the collaborative approach to international peace and security, and everyone matters, including China. So that China adds its big voice to the conversation. I think it's a welcome、uh, gesture for Africa. Over the past decade, China's role in security in Africa has grown rapidly through peacekeeping and escort missions and military exchange programs. China's strengthening security ties with African nations as its investments across the continent grow. Major General Guo Rabing is with the National Defense University of the Chinese People's Liberation Army. Adhering to common security means respecting and safeguarding the security of each country. Taking care of the security concerns of all parties, and not sacrificing the security of other countries to seek absolute security. Chinese officials say forums like this highlight China's willingness to show transparency with their African counterparts. They also suggest it's a step forward in implementing the initiatives on security cooperation agreed upon at the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation Summit that was held last year. Hong Kong's chief executives condemned violent protesters in Sunday's clash in the Sha Tin area. The violence took place at a shopping mall after a protest against the now suspended fugitive bill. Twenty-two people were injured, three of them seriously. And Carrie Lam has praised the police. We are deeply grateful to the police who put their lives on the lines and keep Hong Kong safe. They work very hard with professionalism and restraint, but were attacked by the rioters, as you can see from the TV news, which is shocking. Our society will not tolerate these illegal and violent acts. I'm here also to call for all Hong Kong residents to try one's best to respect the rule of law and support the police, so that we can continue to live in a safe city. We will continue to support the police law enforcement and investigate this case thoroughly. 
Lam's speech echoes those of other Hong Kong officials who've denounced the violent acts of the protesters. Eleven police officers have been hospitalized due to the recent unrest. Thirty-seven people were arrested in the riot. China's state council has issued a new guideline to implement the country's Healthy China Initiative and promote people's health. With a focus on disease prevention and health promotion, the guideline proposes 15 special campaigns. The aim is to intervene in health-influencing factors, protect full life cycle health, and prevent uh, and control major diseases. Yu Shui-jun is the deputy uh, director of the National Health Commission of China. The action includes measures to improve public health awareness and achieve the unity of knowledge and action. Individual, family, society and government share the same responsibility for the action. All sides should take actual action to implement the Healthy China Initiative. State councils issued a, a new guideline to implement uh, the country's Healthy China Initiative and promote health. An action plan for 2019 to 2030 is also being rolled out, specifying objectives and tasks uh, of each campaign. In 2016, the state council released the Healthy China 2030 blueprint, which covered public health services, the medical industry, and food and drug safety. We're at 17 minutes past the hour. EU Foreign Policy Chief Federica Mogherini says the remaining parties to the 2015 Iran nuclear deal do not see Iran's breaches as significant. Uh, for the time being, uh, uh, no, none of the parties uh, to the agreement uh, has uh, signaled their intention to invoke this article, uh, which uh, uh, means that uh, none of them is uh, for the moment, for the time being, with the current uh, data uh, we have uh, had, in particular from the IEA, uh, that the non-compliance is considered to be a significant non-compliance. And she adds that rational re- uh, reasons for the pact to remain in place still exist and are shared by all the signatories. The International Atomic Energy Agency has confirmed that Iran has raised the concentration of its enriched uranium to 4.5% above the limit set by the deal. Iran stopped implementing some of its commitments under the pact since May, one year after the U.S. unilaterally withdrew from it. The Chinese government is calling for restraint and dialogue to uh, avoid further escalation of tensions in Iran. The statement comes following France, Germany and Britain's joint statement expressing concern over the risk that the 2015 Iran nuclear deal will collapse due to the U.S. side's unilateral sanctions, as well as Iran's decision to no longer respect the accord's key provisions. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Gang Shuang. China believes that the only realistic, effective way to solve the Iranian nuclear issue and ease the tension is to fully and effectively implement the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, according to the UN Security Council resolutions. It also helps to create conditions for all parties to solve other issues through equal dialogues. In the current situation, it is especially important for all parties to keep calm and restrained and adhere to solving the issues through dialogue within the framework of the JCPOA. Gang Shuang also calls on all parties to assume their responsibilities to ensure the balance of rights and obligations of the pact and to keep its validity. He also urges the United States to respect all parties' legitimate rights and interests instead of hindering the nuclear deal's implementation and imposing unilateral sanctions. The U.S. federal government's raids of undocumented immigrants have caused anxiety and fear in many U.S. cities. The raids, carried out by the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, began on Sunday 
and are expected to last for several days. The operation mainly targets roughly 2,000 Central American people in 10 U.S. cities that have been issued final deportation orders but still remain illegally in the country. In some Latino immigrant communities in Chicago, undocumented migrants are deeply concerned and fear a raid by ICE. Uh, Nora Quinones, whose husband has been uh, detained by ICE, is one of them. I'm a little bit scared because uh, I have uh, kids here. I have six kids, all U.S. citizens. And I'm afraid that uh, one day I get pulled over to and be, be the same way as my husband. I'm afraid that uh, I, would, I can go to the store and not come back. And the fear is echoed by people at the Vida Esperanza Church. Father Jose Landaverde says that he had to offer sanctuary to a number of immigrants in his parish. The people are very scary. The people are very afraid, yes, that they own uh, properties. And now they are sleeping in their garages or in their cars because they don't want to sleep in, in, in their own home because they believe that La Migra is going to come for them. Now, the latest campaigns mainly aimed at families from Central American countries who've been crossing the border in large numbers in recent months. Some people say the raids also send a strong message to deter other migrants from entering the United States. South Korean President Moon Jae-in's calling on Japan to lift controls on high-tech exports amid a growing bilateral trade dispute. Japan slapped tighter regulations on its export to South Korea of three materials used to produce memory chips and display panels, the key components of tech products such as TVs and smartphones. Moon says the export restrictions break the framework of bilateral economic cooperation over the past decades based on mutual dependence. Just as we overcame economic crisis in the past with the power of reunified people, we will overcome the difficulty this time too. The shattered credibility of cooperation with Japan in the manufacturing industry will inspire our companies to break out of their dependence on Japanese materials, components and equipment and work toward diversifying import sources or localizing the technologies. I want that, eventually, it will be the Japanese economy that will be damaged more. The restrictions from Japan are reportedly in protest against the South Korean top court's rulings ordering Japanese companies to compensate victims forced into hard labor without pay during the Japanese colonization of the Korean peninsula. Moon Jae-in says Japan should not connect the historical issue with the economic one as it runs counter to the development of bilateral ties. The South Korean government is planning to file a complaint with the World Trade Organization and raise the issue at next week's WTO General Council in Geneva. London Mayor Sadiq Khan says social inequality is a major cause of violent crimes in the British capital. His statement comes following a study confirming that areas of London with higher rates of poverty, deprivation and poor mental health have higher rates of youth violence. The study shows that three quarters of the boroughs in the British capital with a higher number of violent offences are also in the top ten of the most deprived, with higher proportions of children under 20 living in poverty than the city's average. Over a quarter of all young Londoners live in the most deprived areas of the city. Sadiq Khan says violent crime can be addressed only through a strong police enforcement and sufficient public services. The sad reality is the violence we're seeing on our streets today is an appalling side effect of increasing inequality and alienation caused by years of austerity and neglect. The lesson we must all learn is that you can't cut public services 
preventative measures and ignore the most vulnerable people in our country at the same time as keeping crime low. These things are fundamentally incompatible. What we're seeing is a reflection of what happens following a nine-year experiment to shrink the state. The most distressing part of all this is that our city, our nation, is being robbed of young people with so much potential. He also calls on the British authorities to acknowledge the issue as a national problem. We need the new Prime Minister to drive the implementation of a proper national strategy to tackle poverty and inequality, to support the most deprived communities in our country and those who've been left behind, to invest in youth services and opportunities for young people, and to support our police with the long-term increase in funding they desperately need. The mayor also proposes measures including extra support offered to young people affected by domestic violence, as well as public health projects tackling the deep-rooted social and economic problems. The former South African president's appeared before a state commission in Johannesburg, probing allegations of corruption during his tenure as the country's leader. The commission's probing widespread allegations, including that members of a wealthy Indian business family, the Guptas. Jacob Zuma calls the allegations against him general corruption matters. The matters that have been dealt with, for me, are general corruption matters. Why? It was because I was the kingpin that we must get at. This, this, this uh, commission, according to those who are implementing things, must be the grave of Zuma. It must be buried here. And that's why whoever knew the Gupta family or they were friends, then they don't matter, or, but Zuma matters. Zuma, South Africa's president from 2009 until 2018, was forced to resign over widespread reports of corruption and was replaced by Cyril Ramaphosa. Ramaphosa created the Zondo Commission to investigate graft charges, and the inquest is a significant part of his drive to clean up corruption in the country. The World Health Organization's decided to convene an emergency committee to reassess the Ebola situation in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The decision comes after the first Ebola case was confirmed in Goma, where a pastor who interacted with Ebola patients tested positive for the virus. The man's been transported to a treatment center, and the DR Congo Health Ministry says the risk of the virus spreading in the city remains low. WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom uh, Ghebreyesus uh, says the case could could potentially be a game changer in the scale of the outbreak. Goma is a city of 2 million people near the border with Rwanda and is a gateway to the region and the world. We're confident, we're confident in the measures we're put in place and hope that we will see no further transmission of Ebola in Goma. Nevertheless, we cannot be too careful. I have therefore decided to reconvene the emergency committee as soon as possible to assess the threat of this development. We adds that they'll uh, end this outbreak as they do have good public health tools to respond to the disease. Over the weekend, two Ebola health workers, though, were murdered by unidentified attackers at their homes in the country. 
28 minutes past the hour. Beijing, cloudy today, 33 degrees Celsius. Overnight temperatures around 24. Chongqing will see a slight rain with a high of 31 and a low of 25. Lhasa will have a slight rain in 23 degrees, a low of 11 degrees. Over to North America, Washington, D.C. will be getting overcast skies in 35 degrees. In Africa, Nairobi is going to get a slight rain in 22. It's time for a short break on the Beijing Hour. Still to come in business, Shanghai's steady growth in overseas investment. In sports, it was a golden sweep for China at the 18th FINA World Championships. In entertainment, the film panorama and jury for the 5th Jackie Chan International Action Film Week. Shane Bigham with you on this Tuesday morning. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour. What matters to China increasingly matters to the world. Keep up to date with the latest news and events about the Middle Kingdom with the China Plus app. Up-to-the-minute reports, live streaming audio, insightful opinion on everything China-related, facts, figures, and language learning resources at your fingertips. Everything in focus, all in one place. Search for China Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Bigham with you on this Tuesday morning. Still to come in business, single women in China are a rising force in the country's housing market. In sports, Chinese swimming champion Sun Yang is now training in Guangzhou for the FINA World Championships. In entertainment, over 800 pieces of ancient porcelain are on display at the Palace Museum in Beijing. There are a number of ways to contact us. You can send an email, beijinghour at cri.com.cn. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for China Plus News. Download the China Plus app or visit chinaplus.cri.cn for the latest news and information from China Radio International. Now checking the day's headline news. President Xi Jinping had an inspection tour in Inner Mongolia. In the city of Chifeng, the General Secretary of the Communist Party of China's Central Committee learned about the grassroots party-building work, as well as the development of national integration and unity. He also visited the Chifeng Museum, where he was briefed on the evolution of local history and culture. China's GDP expanded 6.3% year-on-year in the first half of 2019 to more than 45 trillion yuan. The National Bureau of Statistics says economic performance is stable and that China remains one of the world's fastest-growing major economies. A breakdown of the data shows the output of the service sector rose 7% in the first half of the year, outpacing a 3% increase in the primary industry and a 5.8% rise in the secondary industry. Consumption uh, continued to play a major role in driving economic growth, with final consumption contributing to 60.1% of economic expansion in the January through June period. Kaohsiung Mayor Han Kuo Yu has won the Chinese Kuomintang Party primary poll for next year's leadership election in Taiwan. Uh, Han gained an average support rate of 44.8%. The KMT announced five candidates last month for the party primary of the 2020 leadership election. The primary result will be submitted for approval at the party's General Congress. 
A report from the United Nations suggests more than 800 million people around the world suffered hunger last year. It shows that while the ratio remained largely unchanged in the past three years at slightly below 11 percent, the absolute number of undernourished people has been on the rise since 2015. The document also shows that an estimated 2 billion people have experienced moderate or severe levels of food insecurity, amounting to 26 percent of the world population. 33 minutes past the hour. Turning to business news now, and we'll start with the closing numbers in North America and Europe. U.S. stocks gained slightly on Monday as investors digested a slew of quarterly results and economic data. Citigroup reported diluted earnings of $1.90 per share in the second quarter, beating estimates. The stock, however, struggled to close flat. Other bank giants like J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and Goldman Sachs are expected to report quarterly earnings later this week. Despite Citigroup's solid second quarter profits, investors were cautious on the upcoming earnings report. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones rose by a tenth of a percent. The S&P 500 was almost flat. The Nasdaq was up by two-tenths of a percent. In Europe, stocks ended higher as German equities were boosted by strong Chinese data. Investors are counting on the European Central Bank to further ease uh, monetary policy at a meeting next week, uh, given the slowing growth. At the closing bell, the Britain's FTSE 100 ended up by three-tenths of a percent. Germany's DAX ended a half a percent higher, and France's CAC 40 was up by a tenth of a percent. Data shows that Shanghai's made steady growth in overseas investment through the first half of the year. The city received nearly 9.8 billion U.S. dollars of foreign investment in the first six months, up 14 percent year on year. The technology sector, including electronics, biomedicine and artificial intelligence, saw the fastest growth of foreign investment. A report says China's single women are becoming a rising force in home buying thanks to their growing income and increasing demand for investment options. The report by real estate agent Ke.com says about 40, uh, 47% of Chinese women have bought homes of their own. Women's purchasing power has increased substantially over the years. Senior analyst Liu Wenxi at property agency Centerline Property says there are several reasons for the increase in women customers. First is the rising status of women in the workplace. Women's income is also rising, so their economic independence is increasing and they have more choices. Secondly, investing in the property market is a relatively good choice. Third, since there are restrictions on who can buy homes, many people want to buy when they are single, no matter whether they are men or women. Because after they get married, they can only buy one new home as a family. He says that uh, property companies should pay attention to different preferences between men and women, as young single women prefer smaller homes with nice kitchens and bedrooms. The report also says that over 30% of the women buyers in China's first-tier cities preferred to make full payments. The report says uh, traffic and education facilities were key factors in women's choices of where to buy their homes. 
A report from the State Information Center says that China's short-term lodging sector, which includes the segment of homestays, is booming thanks to its relatively lower costs, conveniences, and novel experiences on offer. Transaction volume of the sector rose 38% year-on-year to 17 billion yuan last year. It boasts more than 4 million landlords or innkeepers and nearly 80 million users. Chengdu in Sichuan province topped all other cities in terms of the number of active users, followed by the three municipalities of Beijing, Shanghai, and Chongqing, and then by Xi'an in Shanxi province. With more on this, we're joined by Einar Tangen, CRI Financial Analyst. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so first up, what are the advantages of China's sharing economy? Well, a lot of it goes around efficiency and opportunity. And what I mean by efficiency is if you have one asset and it can be utilized more fully and there's a revenue stream, that equals profits. And in, in terms of the overall, it provides opportunities for people to make small businesses. This is really something that's uh, custom made for SMEs. Now, remember, this uh, apartment sharing is part of a, uh, a kind of massive global trend, but with one which is taking very much hold here in China. Uh, when you start looking at the receptivity to the sharing economy, which grew by 43 percent last year, year on year, and is now a three trillion renminbi market in China. Ninety-four percent of uh, Chinese, especially millennials, are very open to the sharing economy, whereas in places like the West, only 43 percent are. Seems to be uh, a real trend. Well, the sector does seem to be booming in China, but uh, what are the issues in the sector that need to be addressed? Well, quite frankly, it's 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 about regulation and safety. The sharing economy works on convenience and trust and safety. So when you start looking at these issues, the people who are involved in the sharing economy have to be very uh, aggressive in terms of forming associations, forming standards, making sure that if you want that there's some sort of gold seal of approval on there. Now, that can be done by an independent entity, which is in between the landowner and the user, or it can be done through by them through associations. Either way, it has to be organized. The other part of that is the government will obviously take notice. You know, we've seen things in the bike sharing and car sharing where there are issues and the government has to step in purely from a safety point of view. Uh, So then considering the current state of the sharing economy and uh, the rules and regulations that are wanted, needed, anticipated, uh, what business opportunities can people look for at this point? Well, this is the whole thing. Now, all of a sudden, if you buy a property, a vacation home or a second home, there is a potential revenue stream and it'll go to the selection of the place that of the home that you're going to uh, buy. For instance, if it's, it's in a city, you want to make sure that it's close to traffic towards, uh, you know, tourist events, things like that, or near the business community for short and long term stays. So it gives people an extra income stream based on an investment they're making, they can utilize it. If they only utilize it themselves or they used only the traditional renting market, their revenues might be far less. So it provides a lot of flexibility on both sides, both for the landlords and for the users. All right. Thank you very much. That's Einar Tangent, CRI Financial Analyst. It's 40 minutes past the hour. Data shows that students born after 1995 account for 30% of tourists as China hits its peak summer tourism season. Airbnb stats show that Japan, South Korea, and the Philippines are among the most popular destinations this year. Some other small countries and cities known for their unique culture and history have also seen an increase in Chinese tourists this summer. Vladivostok, Russia, 
Tel Aviv, Israel, and Antalya, Turkey, have also become preferred tourism destinations this summer. Uh, for domestic travels, Beijing, Shanghai, and Chengdu are among the top tourism destinations. A Civil Aviation Administration of China official says uh, the price of air tickets went up on July 10th, and in order to satisfy the large demand of passengers, there will be an increase of seven to eight percent in the number of flights. Uh, John Ke's vice manager of North China Marketing Center of China Eastern Airlines. At the beginning of July, the price was lower than that of last year due to less demand for air traveling. However, after July the 10th, with increasing demand, the price went up. With the peak travel season in full swing, travel agents are advising their clients to book their tickets in advance to avoid paying a premium. For breaking news and stories that matter to you, find us on Twitter by searching for China Plus News, where we'll share with you our up-to-the-minute news, in-depth analysis, and live streaming videos. Visit China Plus News for your window on China and the world. Forty-one minutes past the hour now.、Uh, China won two more diving titles at the 18th FINA World Championships on Monday to make it a clean sweep of all seven available diving golds.、Uh, Wang Han and Shi Tingmao claimed the country's sixth diving gold in the women's three-meter synchronized springboard event. Melissa Citrini Bailo and Jennifer Abel of Canada took silver. Apollo Espinosa Sanchez and、uh, Melanie Hernandez Torres of Mexico took bronze in the men's 10-meter. Synchro final, the last diving event of the day. Cao Yuan and Chen Aisen added another gold to China's medal table by beating Russia's Viktor Minabeev and Alexander Bondar. Thomas Daly and Matthew Lee of Britain came away at the bronze. Cao Yuan became the first double winner in Guangzhou as he claimed the three-meter synchro with Xia Suyi two days ago.、Uh, in other events, Russia led the way in artistic swimming, winning its first mixed doubles title since the category was introduced at the 2015 World Championship. In Kazan, Ukraine snatched gold in the women's team highlight routine, bringing the first artistic swimming title to the country. World swimming champion Sun Young embarked on his seventh journey of the FINA World Championships as he began training in Guangzhou on Monday.、Uh, Sun trained in Hong Kong and Shenzhen before arriving in the South Korean city. He says he almost cried after the intense training. He'll compete in 200 meters, 400 meters, and 800 meters freestyle events and some relays when the swimming competition starts on July the 21st. The swimming competitions start on Sunday. Belgian rookie Wout van Aert claimed his first Tour de France stage victory in Monday's tenth stage, while Frenchman Julien Alaphilippe made the most of crosswinds to extend his advantage atop the overall standings. In the 217 and a half kilometer flat stage from Saint Fleur to Albi,、uh, van Aert outsprinted Alia Viviani of Italy、uh, for his breakthrough in the world's most prestigious road cycling tournament. Defending champion Garant Thomas didn't concede time against van Aert. He climbs to second overall, a minute and twelve seconds behind Ella Philippe.、Uh, Thibaut Pinot, a third before Monday's race, has slumped to eleventh in the overall standings. On Tuesday, riders will enjoy a rest day in Albi, the starting point of Wednesday's eleventh stage en route to Toulouse in 167 kilometers.
The 2019 Summer Universiate is finished in spectacular style in Naples, Italy, as the closing ceremony officially ended the 12-day celebration of university student sport. More than 35,000 spectators filled a sold-out San Paolo Stadium for the final, which included the ceremonial passing of the Universiade flag from Naples to Chengdu, host of the Summer Universiade in 2021. Japan finished atop the final medals table with 33 gold and 82 total, followed by Russia, China, and the United States. The next edition of the Winter Universiade will take place from January the 21st to the 31st, 2021 in Lucerne, Switzerland, while the 31st Summer Edition will be hosted by Chengdu, China from August 8th to the 19th of 2021. French driver Jean-Éric Verne defended his Formula E title and became the first double champion in the all-electric series after finishing seventh in Sunday's New York season finale. The championship leader had uh, failed to score in Saturday's first part of the doubleheader on the Brooklyn Street circuit, but made sure of the necessary points to end season five on top once again. Yeah, the championship contention. Uh, we had a lot of issues. Yesterday we had an issue again. And I'm just satisfied that all came together again and just give something back to the team because they worked very hard for it. Uh, Vern had been 22 points clear of Audi's Lucas Degrassi going into the final race and 25 ahead of Jaguar's Mitch Evans. Sebastian Buemi, winner of Saturday's eventful race from the pole for Nissan, had also been in mathematical contention 26 points behind Vern. Uh, Degrassi and Evans needing to win crashed together on the final lap while Switzerland's Buemi was uh, third to finish as the overall runner-up. Dutch driver Robin Freins won the final race for Virgin Race ahead of Britain's Alexander Sims for Andretti Autosport. Vern ended up with 136 points to Buemi's 119. New Juventus signing Aaron Ramsey on Monday said joining the team was a dream, but also a challenge. The Welsh midfielder says that he's looking forward to embracing a new culture. Well, yeah, when I, I knew that Juventus was in uh, was interested, you know, I couldn't refuse that, so... Um, you know, it's, a, it's a, a great club, one of the biggest in the world. Um, and to have that opportunity to come here and to play for them, you know, is, uh, is, a, is a dream, you know, to come and play at the top level. And um, as well, is a, is a challenge for myself to, you know, to, um, to come over, to experience a different way of life, a different culture. And um, for me to take that in and, and embrace that and hopefully... Um, you know, hopefully everything goes goes nicely over here. He joins the Italian giants from Arsenal, where his uh, contract ran out in February after 11 seasons with the London side. The 28-year-old is the third Welshman to play for the Turin side after John Charles and Ian Rush. Ramsey also says that he hopes new UV coach Mauricio Sarri will bring with them the success and style which marked his time at Chelsea. What matters to China increasingly matters to the world. Keep up to date with the latest news and events about the Middle Kingdom with the China Plus app. Up-to-the-minute reports, live streaming audio, insightful opinion on everything China-related, facts, figures, and language learning resources at your fingertips. Everything in focus, all in one place. Search for China Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
It's 48 minutes past the hour, turning to the world of entertainment and culture. The organizing committee of the 5th Jackie Chan International Action Film Week has announced its film panorama and its jury. The event scheduled for next week in Datong, Shanxi Province, aims to honor filmmakers who've made contributions to action movies worldwide. The movie week will screen critically acclaimed action movies from home and abroad and present the Iron Man Awards to both films and filmmakers from around the world. This year's event includes 35 domestic and international action films. The film exhibition event has five units, including new action films, Dragon and Tiger Martial Arts Masters, Action Masters, Heroines in New Asia. The jury list of the film festival was released by the organizing committee this week. Chinese director Hark Sui will be the chairman of the jury. This year's jury members are truly international. Among the seven jury members, except for chairman of the jury Hak Tusi and jury member Xu Fan are Chinese, other five jury members come from five countries in four continents. I think such powerful and international jury will enhance the international influence of Jackie Chan International Action Film Week and boost the prestige of Airman Award. It will also enhance the cultural exchanges between Chinese and foreign action films and improve the international influence of the host city, Datong. That was Hu Jian Li, director of the China Film Critics Association. Uh, launched in 2015, the Jackie Chan International Film Week has become an important annual event for action filmmakers globally. More than 800 porcelains dazzled visitors at an expo at the Palace Museum in Beijing on Monday. 833 pieces of Longchuan Celadon made in the Song, Yuan, and Ming dynasties were showcased at the expo, reflecting the historical, cultural exchanges, mutual learning, and development between China and other countries during the time. Liu Chenglong is the director of the Department of Objects and Decorative Arts. We usually call the Longchen kings as Longchen official kings, as they make basilian for the palace during Yuan and Ming dynasties. Regarding ancient ceramics collection, such kind of exhibits is an advantage of the palace museum. More than 500 pieces displayed this time rarely show up in public. Longchuan Greenware enjoys a prestigious reputation in ancient Chinese porcelain. It was established during the Northern Song Dynasty and flourished during the Southern Song Yuan and early Song Dynasties. As a featured product during those dynasties, Longchuan Celadon was found in most of the countries and regions along the routes of the land and maritime Silk Roads. The 17th World Cup Ballroom Dance Tournament kicked off in Shenzhen, Guangdong Province, with over 6,000 contestants competing for top prizes. The tournament began with a national team match with 24 teams, including China, America, Russia, and Japan, competing in modern dance and Latin dance. After nearly an hour of heated competition, Russia took first place. Stanislaw Popov is the head of the Russian Dance Union. I'm already a fifth time in this festival and this beautiful World Cup. And last four years, when the team match has been started to arrange, our team won the professional team match. And I think it's, uh, it's not only a pleasure, I think it's very important. Very important for Russia, for our communication, for our friends. But first of all, I must to say about uh, this beautiful event itself, because I think this is a world best organization of this event, and CBDA, China Ballroom Dance Federation, is working so sophisticatedly, so nice. 
China took third place at the match. To ensure the uh, authority and impartiality of the competition, the organizing committee of the event invited more than 30 international judges from the United Kingdom, Russia, Australia, and other countries, as well as more than 100 professional domestic judges. Adele Highland is the head of dance with Australia's Academy of Music and Performing Arts. Just gets better and better. There's many, many more couples, and the standard of dancing is just amazing. So I very much enjoy coming. Tournament will last until next Wednesday with the professional group Modern Dance and Latin Dance finals to be held on Sunday evening. A newly unveiled musical fountain is providing a cool respite for tourists in Nantianhu scenic area of Fengdu County, Chongqing. As night falls, the fountain begins water performances paired with different melodies. The fountain sprays a chorus of water columns with an array of patterns. The water takes the shapes of waves on a sea and a butterfly flapping its wings. The entire fountain is illuminated in different colors of light, and many tourists and locals have been enjoying that show. It's nice. The fountains we experience in cities are completely different from the fountains we experience in nature. We all enjoyed it as the fountain is integrated with nature. Musical fountain will open to visitors uh, till August 24th. Director John Favreau was still reeling on Monday from the royal premiere of his reimagined The Lion King. Prince Harry and his wife Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, met Beyonce and Jay-Z at the event in London and chatted with Favreau and other members of the cast. Elton John and Farrell Williams were also on the red carpet for the star-studded premiere alongside composer Hans Zimmer. Zimmer, who won an Oscar for the 1994 film score, was more, uh, more concerned rather about what his daughter would think of his new Lion King work. The 1994 version was written for my daughter, Zoe Zimmer, who was a little girl, and Dad wanted to show off then. And last night, I I got to take her to the movies again for another daddy-daughter date. And I was very worried, actually, because she's my fiercest critic. The, the, The child was born without the tact of lying, you know. Um, She always tells the truth. Um, But no, she liked it. So, you know, I came away relatively unscathed. The Lion King will be released in the UK on Friday. Spider-Man Far From Home is celebrating another weekend at number one. New releases like the horror movie Crawl and the action comedy Stuber barely made a dent in the web slinger's earnings. I want to go back on my trip with the girl who I really like and tell her how I feel. The Spider-Man sequel added $45.3 million U.S. million, bringing its domestic total to $274.5 million. Toy Story 4 landed in second place with $20.7 million in its fourth weekend in theaters, but the newcomers struggled. Crawl, a thriller from Paramount Pictures, debuted in third with an estimated $12 million. Stuber got off to a bumpy start as well with an estimated $8 million from over 3,000 North American locations. The R-rated film cost a reported $16 million to produce, and it's the latest Fox film to be released by Disney. Two Shaoxing operas featuring The Dream of the Red Chamber and The Butterfly Lovers will be staged in Beijing Poly Theatre on August 6th and 7th. 
Shushing Opera, also known as Yue Opera, uh, emerged in the early 20th century in Zhejiang Province and is also popular in neighboring uh, uh, Shanghai. Uh, Shushing Operas are invariably romances without acrobatics or battle scenes. The Butterfly Lovers is based on the folk tale of star-crossed lovers Liang Shenbo and Zhu Yingtai and is regarded as the Chinese version of Romeo and Juliet. The two operas will be presented by the Shanghai Yue Opera House, which was founded in 1955. 56 past the hour, Beijing. Today, cloudy skies and 33 Celsius. Overnight temperatures around 24. Chongqing will see a slight rain in 31, a low of 25. Lhasa will get a slight rain in 23. The low is 11 degrees. In North America, Washington, D.C., overcast in 35. And that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news this morning, China's GDP figures. Official figures show that the economy was stable and progressing through the first half of this year. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.